0: You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Father, we give you permission to go into every part of our heart, every part of our life, and we surrender it to you, Father. I thank you that even now, Father, you're talking to us, you've been speaking to us, you've been pulling on parts of our heart or touching part of our lives that you want us to surrender to you. Father, it sometimes may not be easy, but it is our pleasure to lay down our lives for you, to surrender parts of our lives for you, all of our lives for you. So just reveal to us the parts. Reveal to us the places. Father, that we would have clean hands and a pure heart, clean hands and a pure heart for you, God, we surrender so that all that we have is yours, all that we have is for our master's use, use. and we lay it all down at your feet, Jesus, we lay it all down. Father, we want you to be glorified we want you to have all of the praise and all of the glory. Father, that they would know us by our love, but that they would see Jesus in us. That they would see Jesus in us. We surrender to you. We surrender to you. We love you, Father. I thank you for how you're moving in our midst. I thank you for unity. Father, I thank you for unity. I thank you that unity rests on this body. That you've connected our hearts and our lives. By your spirit and by your presence, I thank you for unity. And I declare that any deception is broken in the name of Jesus. Any strife, any backbiting, any gossip, I declare that you be silenced in the name of Jesus. And that unity would flow, forgiveness would flow. In Jesus' name, taking us deeper, deeper into relationship with each other and with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Thank you, praise and worship team. It's exciting days exciting days i know in my spirit that god is on the move and he's doing incredible things and and i'm excited in my spirit you know thinking of momentum worship and them coming out with an album that they just did which i hope that this is this is maybe a plug but maybe it's not i just thinking about you should download it but um One of the reasons that it's so incredible for even our body to celebrate, you know, the Bible talks about how uh, when something good happens to someone, the whole body celebrates. When something, when someone is mourning, the whole body mourns. And, and, um, I've been, I have known the praise and worship team since like they were little, like little, like I taught them. And that makes me sound old, but I'm really not that old, I promise. But uh, I remember when they were even just like a youth band and they were so proud of themselves and, there, at one point in time, they were. Some of them were part of a band called 250 Ties, and they all collected ties. I don't know. They're ashamed of themselves. It's okay, but and then <laughs> and um, and then they went on to have other names. And Unlimited was another one, is another group that they had, but. I remember and watching them throughout the years that there was prophetic word after prophetic word that they would write songs and they would make albums and they would affect nations. And so watching it in my heart and my life is one of those things where you're standing there watching the goodness of God and you're just like watching it before our eyes, watching um, what God spoke forth like 20 years ago begin to come forth is is the most amazing thing. So as a church body, we're watching the goodness of God in the midst of our body. So we should all be celebrating. It's pretty exciting. So I'm going to speak this morning. Last week we talked about purity and purity of heart and um, how God is just desiring us to move into a place and set boundaries up and move into this place where we walk in purity and and so i couldn't get away from it this morning i just felt god say when i was preparing the last message say i want you to i want you to speak on sexual purity so i'm going to start by saying this i am going to be talking about sex today and so that being said if you have little children around this is my this is my warning for you if you have little children around and that makes you uncomfortable with your kids around, go set something up for them because I want you to hear what I have to say. It's important. I really feel an urgency. I was saying that this morning that um, I feel an urgency in my spirit about this word in particular. Um, I feel an urgency about it, but I also feel the love of the Father. you know kind of kind of like speaking to hey, We gotta, we gotta, we gotta tighten some things up. We've allowed some things in that just aren't right. And I just feel the love of the father, but I feel his urgency on it as well. So I am gonna be talking about sex. So if if that's something you you don't feel like you wanna have that conversation today with your children, that's fine, but I will say this. um, The world is teaching your children about sex. Whether you like it or not, everywhere that they look, um, they are seeing it some way or another. Um, And so it's better to have a biblical perspective. Um, Not perspective. It's not a perspective. It's a biblical truth. You'd rather have the truth be taught to them than them be taught by perversion. So um, you can do that if you want. If they're little and you're like, this is just too young, that's fine. I'm just letting you know and giving you time. That's why I'm belaboring this to go set them up. But if anyone, if you've been following Proverbs, um, as a church we've been reading Proverbs and we're coming to the end of Proverbs. And uh, we will be starting on the 1st, which I'll be putting out a video shortly, but starting on the 1st of February, we will be be beginning in the Gospels. We're gonna follow the life of Jesus. So we're gonna start in Matthew, um, starting on the first day of February, we will start in Matthew. And ironically, there's 28 days in February and there's 28 days in Matthew. So that works out perfectly for us. But if you were reading yesterday's chapter in Proverbs 30, um, this jumped out to me and I thought it was interesting. It says, There is a generation rising that curses their fathers and speaks evil of their mothers. There is a generation rising that considers themselves to be pure in their own eyes, yet they are morally filthy, unwashed, and unclean. It, it goes on to talk about a generation that's rising, but those, it talks about even, there are a generation rising that uses their words like swords to cut and slash those who are different. I, I think we're in that generation, <laughs> but, but it says there's a generation rising that considers themselves to be pure in their own eyes, yet they are morally filthy. And um, I, I think that we're seeing that in the world today, that we've taken pieces of what God said was evil and we made it good or acceptable or okay. And, and then we somehow can walk around and say, that's purity, I'm walking in purity. You're not. Not if God calls it evil. Not if God calls it wrong. It's not, it's not purity. It's not pure. It's not walking in it. So we're going to talk about it today. Um, first, we're going to start with sex. Sex was God's design. God designed sex to be good. I'm going to say sex as many times as I possibly can to just make you guys just settle into the fact that this is what we're talking about this morning. And I know that the teenagers are, like, not impressed with me at the moment. Sitting with my parents at home, are you kidding me? (laughs) It's okay. It's going to be good. Uh, God designed it for sex to be a blessing to you. Anything that God creates was made to be pleasurable. It was made to be a blessing, and it was made to produce fruit in your life. The first command that God gave in Genesis was, and I love this, it says, God blessed them. God blessed them. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, he said, I am blessing you with this. Be fruitful and multiply means go have sex. Go have sex. So be fruitful and multiply. And he blessed them in it. He said, there's a blessing in this. I am blessing you with this go be fruitful and multiply in other words go be fruitful go have sex and bring forth good fruit good fruit will come from it but God created sex to be within how he created it and how he wanted it to be and God created it to be within one man and one woman and that's how he created sex to be. That's where the blessing was. That's where the fruit was to come forth. So in Mark 10 verse 6 it says, but from the beginning God created male and female. For this reason a man will leave his parents and be wedded to his wife and the husband and the wife will be joined as one flesh and after that they'll no longer exist as two but one flesh. So there you have it what God has joined together, no one has the right to split apart. So when he's saying, I wanna I want point out the word joined, he says, he says he becomes joined, or they become joined together. That word joined means sexual intimacy. And he says they become joined together, but it also is deeper than just physical intimacy. They're joined together physically, but they're also joined together emotionally, is what the word means, that they're emotionally connected. Now, emotionally, we've heard this many times before, emotionally means soul. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So they are joined together in the soul and then they are joined together spiritually so when 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 you come together with another man or another woman you are joined together but not just physically emotionally or in your soul and spiritually so there's more going on than just more going on than just what you see or what you think Let's go into verse eight. It says, and the husband and the wife will be joined as one flesh. And after that, they no longer exist as two, but one flesh. So notice that it says joined together. Two become one. Two become one. They're joined together. Sex was meant to be, was meant to be with one person for the rest of your life. That's what it was meant for. That's how God designed it to be because you would become, two people would come together and for the rest of your life, you would become one person and you would become joined together. And the end of the verse says, let no man tear it apart. So I know you're thinking, well, just wait, you know, I may have lost a loved one and I got remarried or I've been divorced. Yes, but the design behind it, how God designed it to be was between one man and one woman for the rest of your life when you have sex with someone and you walk away if you have a one-night stand or you've been together for 10 months or you've been together for three years when you have sex with someone and you walk away you will always take a piece of them with you and they will always take a piece of you with them because you were joined together because it's deeper than just physical and you have people that are walking around where it's normalized today in culture to just sleep with as many people as you want. Think about that. You've got people walking around with other parts of people everywhere, and this is the kind of stuff that messes people up. This is the kind of stuff that plays around with destinies. I'm going to read a quote from a doctor, and I did not put his name down in here, and I I feel terrible about that, but I can't recall what his name is, so... It's a quote from a doctor, and he studied the effects of sex with multiple partners. And this is what he said. Sex is like gluing two pieces of wood together and the next day ripping it apart. Of course, the wood from the opposite board remains on each board. So they rip it apart. It's like... The wood from each board remains on each side of the board. He goes, a piece of your sex partner, the good, the bad, and the ugly, stays with you and vice versa for the rest of your life. You can only imagine what that looks like when you bond with multiple partners and then he goes on to talk about soul ties and remember we just said that when you have sex with someone it's not just physical it's your soul and it's your spirit and so your soul makes a tie with them and he says this soul ties this is what they are they are being attached to another person emotionally and mentally specifically after intimacy soul ties is what happens when you have sex with someone the things that they struggle with become the things you struggle with and vice versa and it's because you didn't connect physically didn't just connect physically you connected spiritually and emotionally and i love the way a um another pastor says it like this and i'm sorry for it. it's a little bit crude but we're just going to get our point across today that um he said there is no condom for your heart in other words in our society today, we can protect ourselves physically, we can somewhat protect ourselves physically, we can protect against diseases or pregnancy or whatever, but you can't protect what's going on in the emotional realm, in the soul realm, in the spirit realm. There's no protection for that. And so you think that you're just getting by because, it's, because you're physically protected, you're not. It, your emotions are not being protected. You're taking a piece of that person and you're, and you're connecting with it, it's dangerous. So if you think that you have a soul tie, and then I'm gonna move on from this. I just wanted to lay a foundation for this. But if you think that you have a soul tie, if you're wondering, well, do I have a soul tie? I, you know, lived in the world and slept around. This is the kind of thing that you would have a soul tie. You feel yourself emotionally connected to that person, even though you don't see them. It could be years and that name comes up and you're like, it just does something to you. You see them from across the room. You haven't seen them in a long time. It messes you up. That's a soul tie. You dream about them lots. You envision them while having sex with your partner. Or there's a weird draw to that person still. There's just something about that person. You probably have a soul tie, and that thing needs to be broken from your life. I know the doctor said that it's with you for the rest of your life, but thank you, Jesus, for the power of his blood. You can, you can get rid of that thing. And so here, I'm just gonna list this quickly. We're gonna move on. If you're, if you're wanting to talk about it more, Wayne, myself, any of us can, can help you with it. But what, what happens if you're identifying that, yeah, I have a soul, I have a soul tie? You surrender your life to Jesus. And first, you know, by accepting him as your Lord and Savior. But you can, you can be saved and not surrendered. And so you, there's a surrendering that happens. That There's sometimes that we want to hold on to parts of the past in whatever shape or form. You need to surrender those things. Uh, You need to release and remove it. You need to release it from your life. If you need someone to help you with it, that's fine. You need to release those things from your life. You need to remove them from your life. And then you thank God that he set you free. Another important thing to do is repent and confess. You know, God called the body of Christ together to be connected. And that there's even a verse that says, confess your sins one to another so that you can be free. So that you can be healed excuse me that's what it says so you can be healed that there's a power in in finding someone and saying i need help getting rid of this so i don't go back into it you need to find somebody and confess and then continue to keep checking your heart but you can see how even how what's happened is that it, because it takes something that, that you, when we're sleeping around with other people it's taking something from our life and how perverted that is because when God creates something he creates it to add to your life not take from it and the enemy comes alongside and he wants to pervert everything that God made he wants to pervert what God made and call it bad and so when things are taking from your life it's not the way God designed it 2 Corinthians 6, 9. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of Jesus and by the Spirit of God. He says, this isn't who you were. He lists a whole bunch of things but for today today we're talking about sexual immorality and he says they will not inherit the kingdom of god don't you be deceived in other words he's saying there's some deception that could come along don't you be deceived in fact in this is really interesting because we're talking from um, corinthians and corinthians is a, a letter to the church of corinth and, and the church of corinth is in the middle of a city that is vile, like it's vile. There is all kinds of sexual immorality going on around them. I'm talking vile stuff. Kids and, and animals and they're, you know, they're doing it as offering and they're offering themselves to shrines and it's just, it's just vile stuff that is going on around them. And what's happening is they're beginning to adopt some of that culture of the world and bringing it into the church and paul steps in and says hey no don't you be deceived it is not okay this isn't okay and i and i read that and i thought you know what we're kind of in that world today where there's some bits of culture that we've brought into the church and we've called it okay and god says don't you be deceived it is not okay i'm not okay with that you will not inherit the kingdom of god verse 12 says verse 12 says i have the right to do anything is what you say but not everything is beneficial paul says i have the right to do anything but i will not be mastered by anything understand that when you give yourself to sin you are mastered by it you're you're not in control sometimes you think you're in control you are not in control And so Paul says, I have the right to do anything, but I won't let anything master me. I'm not going to step on that side. I'm not going to be a part of that culture. Verse 13, you say food for the stomach and stomach for the food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, look at this. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? And he goes, shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Never. In other words, should I then, if Christ is in me, He is in me, should I then go sleep around? Should I then think that I can have sex outside of marriage? Should I then do those things? And he says, never, you should never. There's no maybe, there's no if, there's no like, you know, well, it's circumstantial. He says, never, you should never, ever do that. verse 16 says do you not know that you were united that excuse me do you not know that he who unites himself with the prostitute is one with her in body for it is said the two will become one flesh whoever is united with the lord is is one with him in spirit see we thought marriage we thought i'm excuse me becoming one flesh was when we, saw, when we stand up to get married and the, and the minister says, and one shall be united, or two shall become one and they will be united, and we think that's when it happens. No, it's not, because he says, uh, the Bible says that two will become one flesh. So if you're, whoever you're united with, sexually, two become one. Then verse 18 says, flee. That means you better run. You better move quickly. You better do everything that you can to run in the opposite direction. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside of the body. Listen, there is so much seriousness around sexual sin. I can't, I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in other people's life. Let me tell you this, that it will take you farther, way farther. The consequences of it are deep. This is what the Bible says. It says, all other sins a person commits are outside of the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. There are consequences to sexual immorality of any kind. of any kind it destroys your body your soul your spiritual man it takes away your vision your ability to hear your anointing your reverence your voice your worship it destroys you and it destroys what's on the inside of you ephesians 5 verse 5 says for it has been made clear to you already that the kingdom of god cannot be accessed by anyone who is guilty of sexual sin or who is impure or greedy for greed is the essence of idolatry how could they expect to have an inheritance in christ's kingdom while doing those things Don't be fooled by those who speak their empty words and deceptive teachings telling you otherwise. This is what brings God anger upon the rebellious. In other words, he's saying, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And when you're involved in sexual sin or or, or those kinds of things, when you're involved, you're not going to want to hear these kinds of teachings. You're going to want to look for something that makes you feel good, that makes it okay to live in your sin. Hebrews 13, 4 says, Honor the sanctity of marriage and keep your vows of purity to one another. For God will judge sexual immorality in any form. Look at this, whether single or married. What does he say at the beginning? Honor the sanctity of marriage. In other words, it's important to me that sex is within marriage. Honor it. Whether you're single Or If you're married, you better be honoring it too. Hebrews 13, 4 says, I just read that so we won't read that again. You cannot live in sexual immorality and there not be consequences. I, I, I just hope, before I go on, I just hope that you're hearing the urgency behind this and the love of the Father. It's because he loves you. You know, the Bible says a father corrects the ones that he loves. And that's what's happening right now. Is he saying, hey, this cannot continue because I love you so much. But the consequences, there will be consequences. There will be exposure. If you continue in the lifestyle, you will be found out. If we keep doing what God forbids he will not allow it to continue you will be found out and also it will cost you it will cost you more than you planned on giving it will it will cost you and take you way farther than you wanted to go it will cost you i think of the life of samson i've been reading judges and i I think of the life of samson and and samson was raised to defeat the philistines that's what he was raised for he's born with this purpose and this destiny on the inside of him to be a warrior and god just marked him from the mor- the moment that he was born but then you find samson It's a long story it's a good story but you find samson he begins to play around in the philistine camp the people that he was supposed to take down he's he's playing around in their culture he keeps visiting he keeps hanging out over there finds himself a prostitute then he finds himself Delilah and a lot of people think that Delilah and Samson is a love story it's not a love story it's the story of a man's demise and the crazy thing is is what you see is a soul tie that's happened He gets emotionally connected to this person even though he can watch himself being taken down sexual immorality does that to you you begin to justify you begin to see you begin to get stuck in it you can't seem to get out of it but but you see this with with samson as he is he's talking to delilah she wants to know what will take his strength away and he tells her a lie and so she does it. She tries to get his strength. It doesn't work. She does it again. It doesn't work. She does it again. It doesn't work. Finally, he says he gets tired of it. He just gets tired. And so he tells her his secret. The one thing he wasn't supposed to do. He tells her his secret. And then it says that he gets up in the morning and, and he just thinks, I'm just going to get out of this like I normally do. And all of a sudden, his strength is gone. Think about that that's the kind of deception that the bible warns us. don't you be deceived that you'll get out of this okay you won't change now get out now stop now what did it take from samson it took it took his anointing it took his strength it took his destiny it took his influence it took his vision Come on, we need to understand that there's deeper things in the spirit realm that are going on than just what we see with our natural eye. That we have destinies and purpose on the inside of us. God called us to raise to be to rise up and to be the church, to be an army, to stand strong, to wage war with darkness. And what are we doing? We're playing around in darkness thinking it can't hurt us, thinking it can't affect us because culture told us it was okay. Why do you think culture told you that? How do you think it got in there? Because it was after your destiny. It was after your vision. It's after your anointing. It's not okay. It's not okay. I love in Judges in verse 19, it says, in this way, she brought him down understand the enemy wants to bring you down sexual immorality is rampant, and you can see it even in this last year the the people that i follow on instagram the people that are unsaved i I literally sometimes i'm like what is this i can't even believe the level of sexual immorality that we have hit it's I, i don't even i have no words for it the things that we're allowing the agendas that are being pushed it's crazy It's not okay first Thessalonians 4 verse 3 says it is it's it is God's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God It is God's will for you. This is the will of God. You know, it's one thing to stand here and say, God, I just want your will, your kingdom come, your will be done, and then still play around in sexual immorality. It's not God's will for you. It will destroy you. Okay. I'm almost finished here, but I'm going to talk to the singles and youth and then married people, I'm coming for you. Singles meaning you're not married yet, and youth. Sex is something holy, and God designed that there should never be shame associated with sex. It was meant to be holy between a husband and a wife. Now, sex drive. God created sex drive. And you, as a youth, 13, I don't, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, have a sex drive. And that is completely normal. Yes, it is completely normal that you want to have sex with somebody right now. Totally normal. That's not anything to be ashamed of. That's the way God created it. But he also designed for you to keep your virginity or to keep your purity. And so in other words, I love Chris Valentin does an amazing job of, of, of talking about this and so I'll do my best to kind of recap what he said, but he talks about how your virginity is the gift that you give on your wedding night. That's what it's supposed to be. It's the gift that you give to one another. And, and, and the reason why it's such a special gift, he says he calls it a trophy. And the reason why it's a trophy is because of the fight that it took you. The, the that people would try to come and culture would try to come and say it's okay that there would be a fight involved all the way to the wedding to hold yourself pure even when you're engaged to hold yourself pure that when you come to your wedding night it's like this was my blood my sweat and my tears it took everything for me to to maintain my virginity and to keep my purity that it becomes a gift that you give and he says it like this that anyone can give away something expensive but it's something valuable that means something so much more because it cost you something because it took sacrifice virginity takes sacrifice it takes dying to yourself it's it's telling yourself no it's making decisions right now it's saying no i'm going to keep my purity now if you are single and you have had sex out of marriage stop now that's okay. God can redeem that. He can redeem that. That's fine. And He'll bless that decision. But I'm telling you, it, it isn't okay. It's not okay to continue to live that way. It's wrecking you, whether you whether you know it or not. And I'm and I'm speaking from experience. don't let the world pervert you it will hurt you it will cost you you know most of the sexual encounters that you see on TV is usually between a man and a woman that aren't married it's perversion it's so that slowly you watch those things and think well that's okay it becomes normalized it's not normal not by the kingdom standards it's not normal Perversion means the wrong version. So these are just a couple of things that I'm I'm giving you advice as single people, as youth, that you would do now. You're going to want to make a decision right now in your own heart and life that I choose this. I choose a life of sexual purity until I meet my spouse. That I'm choosing it. It's something that you have to decide in your heart, and that's how you will lead your life from here on in because I'm telling you temptation is going to come at some point or another it is going to come and you need to have that resolve in your heart that says nah I'm waiting I'm waiting the other is to set up guards you set up guards around your own life of where you'll put yourself what you'll put yourself around what you'll watch what you'll listen to those kinds of things The other is if you were dating, have a real conversation about how you're going to guard against this. So in other words, if you begin dating someone or you're dating someone and you say, listen, I I either want to wait till I'm married or I want to stop what I'm doing and wait till I'm married. You say, I want to stop doing this. And the other person says, no, I don't want to. They're not the one for you. if someone is going to push you to have sex with you they do not value you in fact they they're devaluing you if that's that's a gift that's the that's the one thing that you can give away to someone and they want to take that from you they're not for you move on but but if you have the conversation with them, saying, "Listen, I want to wait till I'm married," that person says, "I want to wait till I'm married." Okay, good. Let's discuss this. What are we gonna do? What kind of what kind of um, guards are we gonna put in place? What kind of boundaries are we gonna put in place? Maybe we're never gonna be anywhere with the door shut. Understanding. Listen, don't be deceived. Temptation is going to come. Don't put yourself in that position. Set guards up. Lastly, don't put yourself in places where, the, where that kind of culture, where sexual immorality is celebrated. I'm sure there's more, but that's what I got. We're moving on to married people. Married people, are you ready? Pornography is not okay. It is never okay. Not single or married, it's not okay. Not together or alone. It's not okay. When pornography is involved in a marriage, in other words, if you're watching it together, the divorce rate doubles when you watch it together. Come on. And we thought we were learning some new techniques together. Spicing up the bedroom. Sexual frustration actually goes up and satisfaction goes down in a marriage. 20,000 people a second are looking at pornography. What? One in five phones are looking at porn right now. Now here's another one for married people. Pornography is adultery. You're cheating on your spouse. Matthew 5, 28 says, if you look at a woman with lust, you have committed adultery in your heart. adultery of any kind is betrayal not just to your wife or your husband but to your family to your spouse or to your co-workers to your friends i'm telling you adultery is far reaching it hurts far more than you recognize of course it's your spouse and your kids first but i'm telling you it's betrayal to many people where it says sin takes you farther than you wanted to go sexual sin reaches farther than you ever wanted it to reach it touches way more people than you ever wanted it to touch it's evil run away from it flee from it when joseph was approached by potiphar's wife to have sex with her he said to her i won't betray your husband he has been good to me it's a betrayal you're betraying people people that have been good to you, people that love you. It hurts them. And then also he said, I can't do this because it's a sin against God. Adultery is a sin against God in any form. Whether you're watching pornography or sleeping with another woman or sleeping with another man, it's a sin against God it's not okay and just like Samson it is beginning your demise and I say that because God is merciful and that is why this is bringing being brought forth this God is so merciful he wants to stop you right now and turn it around right now before you go off the cliff So, married people here's some things that you do set up boundaries set up boundaries wherever you go boundaries when you're alone you're not with your spouse make sure you have boundaries don't put yourself in compromised situations don't be having deep friendships with the opposite sex where you are sharing deep personal things sending text messages back and forth things you're not sharing with your spouse come on you know you know don't pretend like you're surprised that you know while well, we were just talking no come on you know that there's a limit don't don't cross that place don't be having deep deep friendships make sure that you're you that you're not in places where your guards can come down around people where your guards can come down your your Um, drinking alcohol or or you're doing drugs and you're around people that's an inevitable your guard's down not a good thing flee from it be on guard at all time if you're having marriage issues get counseling get help talk to somebody make sure that you are sexually satisfying each other and not withholding that's important that's important the bible even talks about it it says you are supposed to have sex with your spouse you are supposed to do that unless you are fasting and then if you're fasting make sure it's only a couple of days because it's important what does he say so that the enemy doesn't get a hold so the enemy doesn't get in that's what it says that's what the bible says i should have put it up i didn't i'm sorry but the, but the bible says make sure that you are having sex with your spouse so that the enemy does not get in there. So I'm just going to finish with this. I know it's a strong word, but I just, I just felt so much urgency from the Lord to be like, this is just, this is, we've let culture in, we've let the world in, and it's not okay. Not in my church. I'm coming for a body that's pure and clean. So repent. Repent to God for any se- sexual immorality. Any kind, anything that God's highlighting right now and says, you've just, that's just not okay. You know, maybe for some of it, it's the stuff that you're watching. Maybe it's too far. Do you understand when you, the stuff that you're watching, when you begin to watch that kind of stuff, it plants seeds in your heart. You think it's innocent, but it's planting seeds or 10 years down the road, those seeds have manifested and grown and you find yourself in situations you didn't realize but you never ever thought you were going to get there. Repent. And recommit your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and separated holy and separated to god i've been involved in stuff that ain't right god and you my my body is the temple it's the temple of the spirit of god i'm to be holy and separated i'm to be consecrated for you and so i recommit that to you, Father. Right now, we recommit that to you. Whatever it is that we've been involved in, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are bringing conviction to each one of our hearts and lives of places that you're not okay with. Places that we thought maybe we could get by with and you say, no, never, never. I won't put my hand on that, never. So, Father, we repent. We repent. And right now, we recommit our bodies to you, holy, set apart. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.